Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank that brings you market views and insights on the go. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Through the Noise. Today, Abhilesh Narayan, a senior investment strategist in the CIO office, and I will discuss the market's persistent bugbear, high inflation, what it means for central bank policies around the world, and the outlook for bond yields, currency pairs, and equity markets, which are obviously going through corporate earnings season at the moment. Before we go there, just a quick update on the performance of different asset classes over the past seven days. So overall, not a bad week for investors. Equities were up over 3%, led by developed markets and tech, despite obviously the weakness we saw on Thursday following that inflation report from the US. Bond yields also um, broadly flat. Um, we saw a spike in yields again on Thursday uh, after that inflation data. And the dollar's been down around 2%. So, Abby, let's let's get straight into it and talk about US uh, inflation data. Naturally, it did surprise on the upside, highest print in, in the last four decades. Can you, make, can you give me your sense of what this all means? Thank you, Steve. Uh, And yes, uh, obviously, inflation has been surprising us to the upside for the past few months in the U.S. And the latest uh, CPI data print, which showed 7.5% year-on-year increase, does suggest that price pressures remain elevated in the U.S. for now. Uh, What the latest data also does is that it keeps alive the possibility of a 50 basis point rate hike by the Fed in the upcoming March meeting. However, if we take a step back, Right. Uh, While January's inflation data does uh, create an upside risk to our expectation of three Fed rate hikes this year, uh, we think that the 7.5% increase that we've seen in US inflation has been driven by food, shelter, and energy costs. And that is a lagging indicator. If you look at several other high frequency gauges, they are pointing towards a near term peak in global inflation as supply bottlenecks ease, and we are seeing a a fading of Omicron uh, wave in US and Europe. So if you just focus on three indicators, uh, for instance, first off, global export volumes have fallen sharply from last year's high as exporters have responded to moderating goods demand. Secondly, uh, China's producer price inflation, which is a key bellwether for global inflation and which surged last year as exporters struggled to meet soaring demand for goods in US and Europe, appears to have peaked uh, and the January data is due next week. And thirdly, long-term inflation expectations have declined this year with signals that investors are starting to look beyond the near-term inflation scare and they're looking at the normalization of economic activity as we go through the year. Now, the other important thing to remember is that Fed will have a chance to review one more month of U.S. jobs and inflation data before what will arguably be a crucial meeting on 16th of March. And if we do see a slowdown in inflation reading in February uh, and a sustained recovery in labor force participation, which would be a continuation of trend we saw in January, then that obviously could bring down market estimates of six rate hikes, which are priced in right now. Okay, so that's that's a great segue in saying, okay, so what do we expect from the Fed and what do we expect from um, bond yields uh, in the coming months? Well, it's it's been a challenging start for, to the year for bond investors, as we've seen, uh, you know, revision in inflation expectations and rate hike expectations uh, driving bond yields higher. So just this year, we've seen 10-year Treasury yields increase by nearly 0.5% from you know 1.5% at start of the year and you know after yesterday's inflation data uh, we saw 10 year yields break above 2.0% for the first time since uh, July or August 2019 and 2% is a key psychological threshold 
Now, in the near term, we do not rule out further increases uh, in in 10-year Treasury yields, and it could very well rise above the 1.75 to 2 percent range that you know we have been looking for uh, in in 2022. Uh, and the next key technical level that we are watching for is 2.13 percent. That being said, over the next few weeks, we will be watching out for two key factors to determine whether 10-year U.S. Treasury yields can sustainably rise above 2 percent uh, in the next six to 12 months. And the first factor, unsurprisingly, is inflation. So, as I mentioned, if we do see a slowdown in inflation in uh, you know the February February data that will come out in in early March, then that could obviously ease the rate hike expectations that have been priced in by the markets, and that could help cap the Treasury yields uh, from rising further. And the second is uh, more guidance from the Fed in terms of their path of hiking uh, rates and tightening policy, which includes you know details about balance sheet runoff. So if we do get uh, further information about the, the path of uh, balance sheet runoff from the Fed, then that could also help reduce one part of uncertainty that's there in the market and in turn help moderate the volatility in, in U.S. Uh, Treasury yields. Uh, overall, for bond investors, we continue to favor shorter maturity bonds, uh, particularly developed market high yield bonds, given their attractive yield, as well as higher correlation to economic growth. Okay, so it's not only the Fed, of course, that's been talking about what's going on, right? We've also had some commentary about coming out from the ECB over the past couple of weeks. Um, This is obviously a key driver of currencies. What happens to interest rates and bond yields is really important in this space. Um, Can you give us a sense of which currencies you expect to do best from a, a potential peaking US dollar? Well, uh, if you look at ECB's hawkish pivot last week, uh, it does increase the probability that the U.S. dollar has peaked. Uh, And although Lagarde's press conference uh, last week did likely turn the tide for U.S. dollar, we don't necessarily think that euro will be the main beneficiary, at least in the near term. So if you look at the swift clarification that we have seen from uh, uh, ECB President Lagarde, as well as other ECB members this week, to dial back the hawkishness uh, in response to the sharp rise in sovereign yields in peripheral countries such as Greece, Portugal, Spain, and Italy. Uh, you know, that seems to suggest that although ECB has turned more hawkish, policymakers would like to ensure that bond yields do not rise very rapidly. And that in turn is likely to gain, uh, mute any gains uh, in, in the euro. Now, the currencies which are likely to benefit uh, in the near term are most likely commodity currencies with proactive central banks. So, for instance, if you look at the New Zealand dollar, that has started to rise and, uh, you know, it could break above 0.67%. And should that happen, it would add further momentum to the rally. Australian dollar, where the positioning remains quite short, uh, has broken higher and, and technical suggest that there is further upside to come. And if you look at both these central banks, uh, they have their meetings which are scheduled to happen before uh, the Fed meeting in March. And they could adopt a more hawkish tone in their upcoming meetings knowing that Fed is going to pro- uh, probably follow them with a, with a similar stance uh, in the meeting, meeting on March 16th. Okay, finally, maybe just against the backdrop we just discussed about inflation and, and, and obviously central banks, as well as the corporate earnings season. I mean, I know the corporate earnings season in both the US and Europe is, is pretty decent so far. Um, what would be your recommendations that you'd be giving to investors at this stage? Uh, obviously, uh, uncertainty remains quite elevated given the uh, inflation print that we've just seen. But in short, the the guidance would be to remain invested in a diversified allocation while maintaining an above benchmark stance to equities. Now, 
as you uh, mentioned, Steve, we have the earnings season going on in full full swing. And if you look at the Q4 earnings that have been uh, coming through till now, they have been quite strong and they have played a big role in reassuring investors that all is well with the underlying economic as well as corporate fundamentals. So, so far, we've seen 63% in S&P 500 and 28% of the companies in stock 600 index reporting their Q4 2021 results. And earnings have surprised to the upside by 5.2% for S&P 500 and 3.1% for stock 600 companies. And if you dive further into the sector composition, the beats were primarily led by technology sector. You know, which has helped ease some of the worries that rising interest rates could hurt the sector's valuation. So overall, we continue to stay overweight in technology sector in both US and Europe, because as we've highlighted in our earlier publication, over a six to 12 month horizon, there is little correlation between bond yields and the sector's share price performance, because ultimately it's earnings growth that matters most. Uh, another factor to keep in mind is that corporate stock buybacks are likely to resume following the ending of black blackout period uh, around uh, earnings release. And they are, again, uh, likely to lend support, especially to the cash-rich technology sector companies. Yeah, and I, I guess for those that still have cash on the sidelines, I mean, we would be looking to use this, as we discussed a couple of weeks ago, as a window of opportunity to add to equity markets, right? So if we did see any weakness from here, that would be a, a good opportunity for us. We've obviously seen a bounce already, but any weakness uh, would be a good buying opportunity in our view. Okay, well, well thanks, Abilash. That's that's uh, really uh, really appreciate your in, insights today. Um, please look out for our Standard Chartered Wealth Insights LinkedIn page, which uh, keeps uh, you listeners and readers updated on our latest thinking via publications, blogs, and TV or radio interviews. In the meantime, thank you for joining us today. Uh, as always, please feel free to rate and review our podcast. Your feedback is invaluable. Stay stay safe and take care. Thank you for listening to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank. For more details on the latest market insights, subscribe to Standard Chartered Money Insights.